The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, host of Loving That Sports Talk, and Coles and CJ. Tell you there. I'm here, love. How you doing? Good, good. And Eric Glove, 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 you still on? I'm here, Love. What's going on? Oh, you said it was 69, huh? 61. 61. About ready to rain. Pretty much. Well, Glove, I was going to start off with Terry, but when we was on break, he shot me down when I talked about, you know, his Cowboys, nobody wanted his defensive coordinator. He said, no, the Eagles need one. So I had to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, look, he's not, he's not the Cowboys defensive coordinator anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's my point, Derry. That's my point. But I'm going to go and leave that one alone. But, Terry, I guess me and you got the bragging rights today, you know? I think me and you, didn't we tell Glover who was going to get win? What do we say, Terry? Well, I thought that uh, San Francisco had the better team that should win, but I figured that uh, I figured the Ravens would pull it out somehow. You know, Ted, and I got to go a little further than that with Glove because you know, I, I argue with him. And he's talking about Randy Moss and this and that. And I'm like, you know, it, I don't know about you, Terry, but Randy did not put his hands up for that ball, did he, Terry? And, and Glover, though, you know, he wanted to say he the he wanted him to get this ring. He the best receiver. He looked horrible, Terry. Am I right? <laughs> well, I don't know that Glove said that, but. No, he didn't. Uh, you know, he didn't. He didn't perform like we were used to Randy Moss seeing Randy Moss perform. Um, and you know, he should at least rest up for that ball. You know, you you, you are in the Super Bowl the biggest game of your career, and um, you know, and, you, and you're trying to win, and you got to help the quarterback, and you know, your quarterback's got to help the receivers, and it didn't look like he got much help that, uh, on that play. What do you say about that girl? Go ahead. We'll you up. I don't, I don't understand why everybody is so critical of Randy Moss. And, and to go back on what you were saying, love, I never said he was the best receiver ever to play the game. No, I didn't I say said, you said that. I said he said that. Okay. All I said was, let's look at the weapons that Jerry Rice had around him. And let's look at the quarterbacks that threw him the ball to get him to where he's at right now with, with all the yardage and all the, you know, accolades he got from the NFL, the teams he was on, the players. Let's look at the teams that Randy Moss was on and the quarterback he had and the players around him. 
Now, if we go from a one-year standpoint, one year, and Randy Moss finally had a quarterback, which was Tom Brady in New England, what did he do as a player? Has he has he shut it down? Of course. But what, what player haven't shut it down before? It's just everybody is so critical of Randy Moss because they don't like him. That's that's all I'm talking about is how critical everybody is of him. Well, let me step in real quick. Well, here's my thing. I don't dislike Randy Moss, and I think he's a magnificent receiver, one of the best. Um, but when you're playing in a game like that, like he's playing in, um, and he hasn't he hasn't won any any rings. You know, he's been to a couple Super Bowls. Um, you you, you want to try to win, and those guys had a good chance to come back and win that game. Um, I, I think that everybody just saw that there was didn't look like there was any effort uh, for for trying to catch that pass. And it wasn't just that pass. I mean, that that that's not the thing that lost in the game. Um, but but that is his downfall. Is he takes plays off, and that's what everybody sees. And of course, that's what everybody's going to talk about. They're not going to necessarily talk about all the great plays he's made and all the great things he's done. Uh, they're going to talk. They're going to focus on the negative. And, and he just helped them out by that play. And, and let me step in, Glove, for you. Talk. I got to agree with Terrell, man. I wasn't saying that. Of man and talented. I know he's talented, but like I think what Terry trying to say too, I'm saying with, with all that talent, you have to step up in the, that type of game. Am I right there? That was trying to say. And what yeah, I'm saying, yeah, you yeah, love. Yeah. I want to go ahead, Terry. I was just gonna say it's the same thing when we talk about LeBron. You know, they talk about well, LeBron didn't want to take this shot. LeBron didn't want to take that shot. Well, I mean, it's no different with, with, with Randy Moss. He's got to you know overcome that and come up with a with a. With a big catch, he's a big time receiver. He's got to make plays happen. And, and I think you know, Glove, too, when I said, when those type of games take one play, the, the change and lose the game. That's what we're trying to say. I mean, we are trying to beat up on you, Glove, but, you know, I, I'm not taking away that Randy Moss is not an excellent receiver, but when you make those kind of statements that type of a game, you have to step up. I mean, plain and simple, he did not even try for that ball. I mean, and that's what they're saying. That's what you look at. Those niggas seem in Randy. When he takes plays off, he don't go down the block. We all know that. But when you take a playoff like that and don't even make no effort, I mean, what else can you say about him, Glove? What do you got to say? Okay, again, and, and let me let me let me clarify to whoever's listening. I like Randy Moss as a player. Is he the greatest player? No. Does he take off plays? Yes. What both of you gentlemen just said, you're a hundred percent accurate. I cannot argue. With what you're saying now, we're talking about one play in the Super Bowl, which could it have changed the outcome? We don't know because it didn't happen. Okay, he was he was running into a cover two. I'm not mad at him 16 years in to not to, to not go for that pass and take a shot in the mouth after 16 years. I'm sorry, I'm not mad at him. But you also got to remember, he's not that tier one. He's not the first option receiver. He's number three, number four down the list. So. When we're talking about it could have changed the outcome of the game, yes, it could have, but also the game plan could have been different where in most games that we've seen him in San Francisco this year, he was never really involved in the offense, per se, like Crabtree underneath or Vernon Davis Dragon. He was always that third or fourth option in their offense. So they got what they paid for with with Randy Moss. Sure. Yeah, I, I agree, and I, and I always wondered. I'm thinking, 
you know, Randy Moss is going to come back and he's going to, you know, he's going to be that receiver that left, that left the game and, and, and be able to open things up. And it never did happen for him. But you're right. They did get what they paid for. And, and people were, you know, they were double covering him and playing off of him, which is, you know, which is what they wanted to do to open the field up for, you know, Marshall and, and, uh, and, and, and or, uh, Crabtree and, and Vernon Davis and everybody else. And, 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 uh, I think it's done that for the most part. I mean, I think Randy Moss done his job. I mean, I think he's done what they wanted him to do. But I'm looking at it from a standpoint of trying to win a Super Bowl, but trying to, to say, okay, uh, now put me in the Hall of Fame, you know, right. and, and doing something to, you know, to, to try to make that happen. And I, I, I would have just liked to see him put forth a little more effort. I would have liked, loved to see him have a great day and, 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 you know, quiet a lot of the critics. But uh, that didn't happen. And I'm like you, Terry. I look at it too. You know, when Randy Moss makes those statements at that time of Super Bowl, you know, glow. Always saying is put some effort in, make like. But you know, and I kind of that's kind of like what I did with LeBron. I didn't like LeBron, like blah blah blah. But you gotta look at what the man doing. And you say, okay, LeBron ain't bad. Because what he did, you can't look at that. You gotta look at him as that person that he's playing. And that's what we saying with, with Randy. You can't like Randy because he take plays off. Everybody does that, but. Those type of games, I want to see him, you know, do what he normally do. But like you say, he's been in the league that long. He ain't gonna do what he used to, do, but put effort. That's okay. what we're saying, Gus. I have to hit you up sometimes. I got the time, bro. All right. Yeah, no, I I agree totally. You guys, you guys, I I, I agree totally with what you're saying. And and love, I think we spoke about it earlier. I told you, mm-hmm. for San Francisco to win, Randy Moss is the X factor. Why? Yeah. Because he's going to take the double team. You know, he's going to open it up. Think about it. Before Randy Moss got there a year ago, we didn't hear anything of Crabtree. Crabtree was a bust. He was pretty much a bust. Now Randy Moss comes, because think about it. Last year, the 49ers went to the NFC Championship with a tight end and Frank Gore. Vernon Davis, Frank Gore took him to the championship game. Crabtree was a no-show. Teddy Ginn was a no-show last year. Now we bring in Randy Moss that can stretch the field. Now those routes underneath are open because Randy's taking the double and sometimes a triple team. So now who has the big year this year? Michael Crabtree. Vernon Davis has his normal year. Now everybody's talking negative about Randy Moss because he's taking plays off from time to time, which he's done pretty much his whole career except for a little bit in New England. So, again, he did his job. He just didn't step up like TJ said, like you said, at the big time that would have put him over the hump. And and, and that's why I agree with you guys on. Right on. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I totally understand. Um and yeah. I mean that that's it. I mean Randy did what he was supposed to do as far as for the team. Uh I would like I said, I would have liked to see him say, you know what, uh I'm 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 gonna take you guys on my back and I'm gonna beat us there, you know. Um, uh, as dangerous of a receiver as he was uh, when he was with um, Minnesota and in a game with New England, I mean, we can't expect to see that from somebody who retired, laid off the game for a year, and then comes back. We would have liked to have seen that. That's what we have in our mind of Randy Moss, but he's not that same player. So, you know, we have to we we have to give it what it is. 
And I think where I'm getting at, you know, guys, I'm not knocking Randy. Like I say, Glove, we talked. And, you know, what I'm saying is when you go to the Super Bowl and you get in that media day and you make crazy comments like some of the players make crazy and say different things, you know, that's what they look for. You know what I'm saying? And, and they look for you to, you know, either say something negative about I mean, you know, just like the one guy, the defensive back. What's his name, Glove? 29 there. Over. Rodney Cover. Cover, you know, he made that stupid comment, you know. And then when you have a game like that, they go, hey, well, that's why he had a game like that. You know what I'm saying? And then that's why they pick, you know, and say, hey, Randy Marl, he, you know, Effort, how's he the best receiver? They, you know, they make, that's what my point was. You guys get what I was trying to say? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I, I totally understand, uh, Love. It's like when you, when you get on that big stage, because as a player, <clears throat> that's the biggest stage you look forward to. Since you played since Pop Warner, <laughs> excuse me. So that's the game where you where you make it or break it. And and you know, a gentleman like you were just talking about Rodney Culver, he makes a negative comment, you know, or negative slurs we should say towards you know gays and lesbians, talking about he couldn't play with nobody in the locker room like that, and that's not the type of locker room he wants to play in. But if we watched on Sunday doing the Super Bowl and and Quan Bowden turned him around, inside out, up and down. This dude had a horrible game. Now, is it because of the comments? You know what they say, bad karma? We don't know. Or maybe he just wasn't as talented, and he was running his mouth to bring attention to himself. So who's to say what it is? You know, Ed Reed makes a comment, you know, and, and everybody runs with it. Ed Reed, to me, is the best face that ever played in the game, not taking nothing from Rod Woodson, I love Ronnie Lott to death, but when it comes to put up or shut up, I think Ed Reed's the best guy in the NFL in the secondary today. Well, guys, that's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break and we'll come back. We're going to debate should Joe Flacco get paid. Like Drew Brees getting the money. They say Michael Vick. They're talking about Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Is he in that category getting paid those millions, hundreds of million dollars like these guys? And is he worth it? So we'll get your uh, answer on that. We'll come back from break. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Well, this is James Hunt back with Living at Sports Talk and always co host TJ Litter. I'm here, look. Glove, you ain't leave us, did you? Nah, brother, I'm still here. That's good. Well, guys, before we had call with Pete, I guess Pete must be calling us back to cry about those 49ers, guys. Are you there, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pete is here. <laughs> I, I'm not even going to mess with you. I'm going to let the guys get on you about those 49ers. You know. Oh, man. Still hurting, still hurting even today, and it's Wednesday. Three days later, and the pain is still there. <laughs> well, go ahead, do that, Derek. Well, Paul, I, I don't, you know, I think the, uh, you know, they came back and gave it a game, um, and I think what needs to be understood is, yeah, they, you know, they, they had a great regular season, but this is an altogether different ball game. They just started too slow. Uh-huh. Um, they started way too slow. Um, I think they may have underestimated the Ravens' defense. Of course, Ray Lewis didn't have a outstanding game. Um, in fact, <laughs> he got burnt the time. But I think they underestimated the Ravens' defense, and, and they just got off to a slow start. Well, Paul, I got a question for you. I think you could start it. I want glove in it because you took for the Niners. I think me and Terry, we talked about this, and we came out. You know, I think when they hit that blackout, you know, somebody told me they was talking about bringing Alice Smith. Would that been the, the, the thing for y'all to do, Paula and Glove? Go ahead, Paula. You know, I think I think it was better to go ahead and stay with with Kaepernick. I mean, he had started the game, and second quarter they were able to get a couple of completions and had a little flow. So I think if he had just jumped to Alex Smith. I don't know if that really would have helped them at that point. I, you know, that would have really been throwing in the towel, I think, to bring Alex Smith in at that time, who hasn't played since, uh, what, five or six weeks, I think. Weeks, actually, because Cap's played eight. So I think it was better to stay with Kaepernick and, you know, just see what could have happened um, with him instead of switching to Alex Smith. Hey, Paula, agree with you 100%. I, I, I... I feel your pain. I'm not a big 49er fan, but as again, and I'll keep saying it, I want to see Randy Moss get a ring. So that made me a 49er fan. So I feel your pain, and I understand what you're saying, and you're totally right. You can't concede because you're down at halftime or in the third quarter, 
and switch quarterbacks because then it really changes the continuity or it changes the whole scope of the game. You have to go with Kaepernick. He made you big plays. He had some highs and lows. It's just the sad part about it. His lows seem to come more toward the end of the season when he should be going up. Mm-hmm. You know, he should be getting better as the season went on. It seemed like the last few games in the season he kind of dropped off, and we don't know if it's just play calling or if he didn't pick up more plays to, you know, take him to that next level. You know, for me, it was it seemed like they were set on him running that pistol, and, you know, Baltimore, the defense that they are, they made the adjustments that, need, that was necessary to keep him in the pocket and make him beat him with the arm, which they got that recipe from Atlanta the week before. So mm-hmm. there's always, you know, like, like Linus or uh, Lucy holding the ball for Charlie Brown, there's always <laughs> next year. <laughs> that sounds like hey, a cowboy. <laughs> two, two, two things real quick. If you change centers in the middle of a ball game, you almost guaranteed a fumble by the quarterback. If you change, you know, offensive tackles, in the middle of a ball game, you almost guarantee the sack. I mean, it's, it just changes. It just changes the whole complexity of the game. And San Francisco did not have time to do that. So I think that would have been a horrible move if if they were to put in uh, Alex Smith. Two, this game right here is going to be the uh, the film to watch on how to stop that pistol because. Although San Francisco did make some good runs, they made some good yardage on that pistol, Kaepernick made one touchdown off of, well, I think that was a scramble. But this this uh, this game right here is, is going to stop put a, put a damper on that pistol, I believe. Let me ask you this, Paul, and um, after that you guys can answer behind and see what you guys say, what you have to say. But that last play when 49ers um, threw the ball in the um, end zone, Okay. Do you feel that was a call they should have made, or should they just let the game play like they normally do? If you look at games, those games like that, you don't want the refs to, you know, in winning the game for you or losing the game. Right. Okay. So let what, me start by saying overall, I don't think that game, I mean, I don't think that missed call was the reason why we lost. So I'll start by saying I'm not blaming that loss by no means on the referees because to me, the, I mean, our defense at times didn't come through. Special teams started second half, let them score a touchdown. Offense didn't do some time. So, to me, the 49ers as a whole, as a team, lost that game. But when I watched replays, should that flag have been thrown? Yes, because he was holding Crabtree. But I'm, I'm not going to sit and blame that call and say that's why they lost the game. I mean, they have four chances down there to try and get in the end zone and to just look and say, oh, well, you know, they should have called. I'm not even going to say that. No, I'm, I'm not. But, yeah, to me, it looked like it was holding when I watched three plays. Okay, well, you're, you're a trooper, and, and I totally agree with you. First of all, I've seen four holes on the offensive line by San Francisco that were not called. Okay, you have those kinds of penalties that go on all the time. There isn't a play that goes on that's not a holding penalty. On, on the offensive line, they just don't call it all the time. I mean, these guys are too big, too fast, and too strong not to. So for people to make such a big issue about this being the, the game-changing play and it should have been called and, yes, it was a hold, you could say that throughout the whole game. Mm-hmm. So I agree that they didn't, you know, that, that that wasn't something that they should have called because you don't want that to be the outcome of a game anyway. 
And it wasn't that he was being held. It was Kaepernick had to throw the ball faster than he wanted to because of the pressure of the defense. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree, Paula. I was I was falling in love with you when you started off talking, and then I fell back out of love, <laughs> and then you brought me back in love with you at the end by how you finished up your comments. Never in a big game like that, and, and love threw this question in there just to mess with me. Never in this big game do you let the game end or you let a team win by calling a penalty. Let's go back to the uh, field goal that was missed where the, the guy rolled underneath the kicker and the kicker fell down and they got the field goal. Was that a game changer? It could have been because they got the re-kick. They got three points. Let's talk about the play where Kaepernick finally got outside and scrambled. If, if you look at that right defensive end and that left tackle on offense, the tackle pretty much spun him around holding, and Kaepernick was able to get outside. Now let's speed up to the play in question where, you know, Crabtree's running that fade route, which he went into the receiver. If you notice the routes lately, they go in and try to box the defender out. It's a box play, like you're playing basketball. So they box, he boxed him out. He never accelerated. But like TJ said at the end of the play, the ball was thrown faster than it normally would have, so it would make it seem like it was a hole, which, you know, I love the way it ended for the for the most part that they didn't make the phone the, the call. Right. So. Well, and, and like I said, I had to throw that in there like Love say, but I totally agree. You know, you can't you can't look at that one play and say, hey, they should have won it because they had other plays before that. You're right. Mm-hmm. You don't let the game come down to one play, as they say. But, guys, before we get Paul off, I wanted to ask you this question again, Paul. You know, we, we lighten you up. And, you know, Glove, he, he was a 49er, too. He don't want you to know, admit it. But me and Terry got dinner coming from Glover, so we ain't worried about it right there. But, I, you know, I still throw this question out there, and I still get to, you know, I just it just puzzles me that, you know, you look at Kaepernick's numbers, you know, and he's, he's a rookie, and you put him in this big game, and you look at Alex Smith's numbers and what he did last year, he did not lose a game for them in that championship game. It was uh, the, the punter return guy. But how can you change a guy that's doing well and then say this guy brought you there when, like you say, Glove, and I said it, I don't know what Terry said, but that team was already built to become what they were. You know, just need to take more years. How can you change quarterback and say he brought y'all there? He's done different things, but, you know, how can you answer that for me, Paula and Guy? You know, I'll say – when, when I look back at last season, and Alex Smith, we did still win a lot of games with him, I think 12. But when you look back at the games, one, our defense was playing whole different intensity last year. I mean, up until almost towards the end, I don't think the Niners had given up a rushing touchdown. Laster Acres, again, some games he was kicking four and five field goals, which helped them to win. We had Ted Ginn Jr. last year that sometimes off of – um, kicks, he was running back and already crossing the 50-yard line. So to me, last year, Alex Smith, he did just enough as a quarterback to keep us in games, and we won a lot of games. But to fast forward this year, we had Akers who couldn't kick. Our defense wasn't sending people down like they did last year. I mean, they were just letting Seattle, they threw four touchdowns on us. Tom Brady in the New England game, I think, ended up throwing four touchdowns. You know, so I think with Kaepernick, we needed more offense this year than we would have needed last year. So to me, it justified keeping Kaepernick, who was able to get us more touchdowns, not settle for field goals. 
And with Alex, we always, a lot of times we have to sell it for field goals. So that's why I think it was a good decision to keep Kaepernick. Well, let's face it, Kaepernick is a better athlete than Alex Smith. He's faster. Um, I think he's got a stronger arm. And he's a quarterback. His only downfall is that he's a rookie. If this was his second, third, maybe fourth, you know, year in, in, the, in the playoffs and trying to make it to the Super Bowl after he matures, absolutely. But I don't think he lost this game for them. I think they just started slow. I mean, he didn't have his best half. I can guarantee you that, and, 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 and I don't think anybody can argue with that. But that's what you're going to get when you bring a rookie into this kind of a situation. Um, he just has to mature. He has to know how to settle down and calm down and, 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 and make sure his, his, his passes are, are where they are supposed to be. But as far as him losing the game, I don't think he did. And um, It would have been senseless to, to try to put Alex Smith in. Um, Alex Smith is not necessarily the happiest man right now anyway with the 49ers. So, you know, I, I think that would have been senseless. You know what? I, I, I understand and I agree with both you guys, and, and I'm going to think like this. Like Alex Smith, which which we've known from the start. Look at the type of look at the play calling that Alex Smith had. So his play calling wasn't as consistent as Kaepernick's play calling. Kathleen, is Kaepernick a better athlete overall? I would say a little bit. Not that much, but I'll give him a little bit. So when when we take play calling into consideration, if you open up your offense on Kaepernick, he's gonna look like a superstar. If you kind of corral or you only give Alex Smith limited plays, he's going to look like the guy that he is. You know, it's amazing how we can dissect, well, Alex Smith doesn't do this and he doesn't do that. But the defense and the punter and the kicker, and it's a, it's a team effort. So you got to take the good with the bad. One, one weekend, the offense is going to be on and clicking. Guess what? The defense doesn't have to be there. That's what happened in the uh, championship last year with New Orleans and San Francisco. The offense was clicking. The defense wasn't. San Francisco wins. What happens this year? The offense wasn't clicking early. The defense was doing enough to stay in the game. And then when they finally turned it around, now your defense isn't clicking. Now the offense is clicking. So it's a team effort. It's, it's all around. We can't nitpick or we can't dissect one way or the other. Absolutely loving her, Club, uh, and I agree. And, and the thing about it is that we'll never know what Alex Smith would have done in this situation because he didn't play. So we can be there, you go. Death, but we'll never know. You know what, guys? We have to go. I want to thank Paul for calling in. But before you leave, Paula, I want to hear what you guys say on this one. And, guys, uh, we'll let you go to whoever first. We'll go next. we got to go to break. But, you know, I hate to be the dead horse, but I want to hear your, your comment on this. Don't you think that – um, Singletary could have took them to the same place that Harbaugh did if they would gave him his year to finish out. Mm, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, they're gonna kill you, Paula. The guy's gonna get you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, okay. Look, you know, like I said, for being a female, I've never played football, so I don't really know the dynamic of how your coach is able to rally you guys in your locker room. And, you know, I hear about that on, like, Sports Center. how, you know, sometimes the team stop playing for a coach. So I don't know how all that works, really, because I've never played football. But watching the games, it's just with Singletary, it was just 
I don't know. I don't, I don't think he could have gotten them this far again. I mean, the team just didn't respond that way. I mean, once Harbaugh came and I don't know how, you know, his relationship is with his players and his, all the other assistant coaches, but Singletary was almost like a, you know, he fell out with players too often. He was benching people, you know, just would get on them. And I don't I just don't think his coaching style really helped them. That's, that's, that's what I would see just from watching. Well, in my opinion, I think Mike Singletary is the coach that, that, that would make a person prosper. Um, he's my kind of coach because, you know, I think that if, if, if you've got expectations from your coach, then you better fulfill those expectations or you won't be there. And, and those are the kind of circumstances that I want to be under when I'm playing because that's going to make me a better player. Um, but when these guys are making millions of dollars and they're first and second round draft picks, of course they don't want anybody telling them what to do and, and, and get in their face. Well, I, I respond a little bit different to that. Um, so he's my kind of coach. But the bottom line is we'll never know what Mike Singletary would have did. Mm-hmm. You know, we can beat this one to death too, but we'll never know. Good luck. Really, love? Is this really the question you want to ask me? Here it goes. <laughs> here we go. Paula, listen here. Uh-huh. I understand. I understand if you're not you're not an understanding in the locker room kind of kind of person. You you want a guy that motivates you. They make it seem like Harbaugh motivates more than Singletary. They try to say that Singletary, you know, was kind of demeaning. You know, kind of got in okay. guy's face. You know kind of question okay. their character and their work ethic and all that. But I'm going to give it to you in a simple analogy. Paula, okay. if, if, if I give you a stick and the other person has a gun and they say fight, who's going to win? And and when I say that, I'm saying you don't have an offensive coordinator that understands the type of quarterback you have and he's only giving him limited plays and we can see the limited plays that he's getting, then you're mm-hmm. bringing an ex-quarterback that has that an offensive-minded guy his whole career, as opposed to Singletary, who's a defensive-minded guy. If I bring an offensive-minded guy in, and he's able to do and open up the playbook and, and generate more plays and things like that, and the organizations behind him, then guess mm-hmm. what? You have a winning product on the field. Singletary okay. was limited because he's a defensive guy. Nor did the organization give him what he needed from an offensive coordinator perspective. They opened up the books, as we say. They opened up the books for Harbaugh to, to do what you want, do as you will. Well, that was my point. Well, I think they did it different for you know, Harbaugh than they did for Singletary, you know. And, and like Terry said, I would want that coach, and I think we talked about that coach that, you know, that cheering with the, you know, the players when they do something that hard. And I mean, look at Lovey Smith, where we said he don't seem like he get into it with the players on the sideline. So that was my point with that, though. But we want to thank you again for calling in, Paula. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and we got to take another break, guys. We'll be right back. All right. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
Tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond. Listen for The Comeback Radio Show with Tony Farmer. A lot of people believe what they read on the Internet, hear and see in the media, and on the news. We're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype. It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. Do you feel the need for speed? Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, or even lawnmower racing, Pit Pass USA has got you covered. Larry Henry here, host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster to work to bring you not only the best guests, but also the most interesting guests in racing. Pit Pass USA with Larry Henry, your front row seat to the world of racing. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Be there or get a DNF. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving back with Loving Sports Talk. And always, we got TJ. You that, Terry? I'm here, love. And we got Glove. Glove, you can leave us, bitch. No, sir, I'm right I here, want, love. I didn't want you to leave us on the high bar single take question, right there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't want uh, my time to go bleep when we on our next subject, but i just like to give us another shout-out to, like, you know, Terry Say. We got to um, get out and get the book for Gary to say. Get out and read that book. You know what? I'm going to get it and read it, Terry. You know, uh, you want to talk a little bit more about it, Terry? Yeah, you should read it. The first one is The Murder in Silence, and uh, that was his first book he wrote, um, and the second one is Murder by Prophecy, book two. Uh, they're Duke Becker novels. They're really good books. I don't even read other than, you know, nursery rhymes to your kids. But uh, I read this book, and it's kind of, it's pretty, it's got me back into reading a little bit. So we want to try and help Gary out, have some people read his book. I, I don't think they'll be dissatisfied with it. They'll they'll really enjoy it. Sure. Where can you get the book at? And go online? Uh, yeah, you can go online and get it. You can get it uh, through uh, Amazon, um, Barnes & Noble. It's uh, Sapphire Star Publishing is uh, publishing the book. And uh, you can get them in the nooks, I guess they call them, where you can, you know, for I call them lazy readers. You can get those <laughs> those e-readers, download the book. I think it's like two or three bucks, but I'm a, I'm a turn-the-page kind of guy, so I went and got... Uh, I went and got it and read it. It's a really, really good book. He's a heavy writer. There you go. If you need no more information, just email me at Loving Out Sports Talk and we'll get it out to you. Well, guys, this is it. I mean, no more Super Bowl. We get to basketball. I mean, just, you know, just everything goes. Oh, they're already talking about, 
you know, who's going to be the team next year at Green Bay, but, you know, that's in the years of the, the draft. But, you know, we're looking at all the guys that uh will be free agents. You know, they got um, Baltimore saying uh, Bolden's going to be gone every, you know, like the payoff. They talk about Michael Vick being shifted over. Who are you guys seeing as the biggest agent out there that a team should get, guys? Well, I don't believe that Bolden is going to leave, uh, nor do I believe that uh, uh, Ray Reed's going anywhere. I mean, that team's probably going to stay together and at least give one more round. They've, they've got a really good team there, and they've got a heck of a locker room there, and I think that's, that's going to overpower anybody who wants more money or or anything like that. I'd like to see that Ravens team stay together. Well, well, the question, the question I think you wanted to ask, love, and you said it during the break was, do you think Flacco is worth Drew Brees' money? And should Flacco get Drew Brees' money? Now, to, to, to go forward with what TJ was just talking about, is they made a comment, and, and I'll just lead in and then let you guys jump back, is if Flacco gets Drew Brees' money, then two of the guys that you just spoke about is either the other receiver, number 12, I can't think of his name, is it Jacoby, whatever, and mm-hmm. Bolden or Reed. Out of those three, two of them won't be re-signed because if Flacco takes Brees' money, they won't have room under the salary cap. They're having salary cap issues. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, I'll tell you what, if that does happen, that's that's a sad day in football. And, and I know it happens all the time, but that's not what you want to see from a Super Bowl team. Um, you know, and, and hopefully Joe Flacco isn't going to try to break the bank and does he deserve to break the bank and so on and so forth. Um, I don't know, but it, it's, a, it's an awful long league, and I know everybody's trying to get as much as they can while they can, and I guess you can't blame them for that, but I think that hurts the sport. Let me ask you this, Terry, and you can jump in when he asked her, but have you seen any quarterback that got all that money that needed to keep a player like uh, Bolden or, you know, Airy take a pay cut? Well, no, I've, I've never seen it, but it, it shouldn't be about you, and, and that's the thing. This is a team sport, and, and that's a, you know, that's a downfall in it. That's the, that's the black eye on it that I give, is, is that it's, it's about money now, and you know, you have people that don't even watch the NFL anymore. They they much rather watch college football because these guys are playing to play, and, and these guys seem to be playing for money. Well, that's why I asked that question. I thought Glad jump in, but like you say, Terry, I agree with you. It's a team sport. It's not about that player. So why won't these quarterbacks say, "Oh, I want the big payday," but for me to keep this more team together, while I take a pay cut to keep? You see what I'm saying, Terry? Yeah, but it's it, it's not about that. It's it's about how long am I going to be in the league, and and is you know how much money is guaranteed, you know, and that's what it's about. Which I mean, you can't blame them for it because I mean you can get hurt uh, in the first game of preseason and and be out for the rest of the season. I mean, or, or end your career. But it's the you know it, it, it's become all about money. And, and that's the sad part about it. I, I, I hate to see that in it. Hello? Hey, what, what both of you guys are saying is accurate and true. And, and here's what here's what's even, you know, a little crazy is this. How can we always hear about players, not quarterbacks? How can we always hear about players who are on the cutting block or on the chopping block, however you want to say it, 
or have to take pay cuts in order to sign quarterbacks. And, right, what you were just saying, how can we've never heard a quarterback say, you know what, let's think about it. Let me take a pay cut so we can keep all the guys. Just think about it. It happened with Peyton Manning in, in Indy years ago where Reggie Wayne, um, the, Marvin Harris, Adai, all those guys had to take pay cuts for Peyton to get paid. Then they never got that money back. But Peyton got his money. Now let's mm-hmm. think about it. The other year in uh, New Orleans, when Drew Brees wanted that big contract, everybody took pay cuts. People got cut. Drew Brees got his money. Where were they at? Now we're, we're back at the same question again in Baltimore. If it wasn't for the guys around him, Flacco would be getting – hey, half of those throws Flacco threw, remember, they weren't on the money throws. Guys was running underneath. Anquan Bowden was going up to get those throws. So here it is. We're at this same question again where we just won a Super Bowl. This guy played well throughout the playoffs and in the Super Bowl. And so we're at the same question again. Do we give him this crazy money and cut up the continuity or, or cut up our team? And and that's the question, or that's what we need to be talking about. Is it is it worth it to break up the continuity of the team for me to get my money? You follow me? Yeah, but then you're looking at what Terry said. I see Terry point is, and, and it's, it became to where it's not about the game, not about the business. That's what Terry said. He played like, hey, I'm getting my money because these owners don't care about us. So why should I help, you know, that team? You know what I'm saying? And that's what they're saying now, you know. Hey, I got to give my money because these owners don't care about us. They'll get rid of those men and won't, you know. So the player like, forget that, you know. Give my money now and I'm out, right, guy? Yeah, but let's face it. I mean, when we're young kids and, and we're playing in the backyard and, and, and we want to go to the NFL and, 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 and play a game that we love and, and be rich and, and have nice cars and mansions and stuff, that's what you think about. <laughs> you know, so it's it's just something that's bred into us as as, as younger players because of all the, the the money aspect of it. Um, but when it's broken down, it shouldn't we shouldn't be playing in the NFL any different than we playing in college, any different than we playing in high school, any different than we playing in major football. Um, and that's just I mean that's just the glorious uh, you know lifelong happily ever after end of a. Uh, of the situation that'll never happen, but that's the way you, you you would hope that people would think about it. But that's just not reality, and it's not the way it is. I mean, and and you can't sit here and harp on these guys because these guys are playing a violent sport. Uh, there's people that have died from playing football, and you're not in this league very long, so you have to get what you can get while you can. And it's just hard to you know to, to get on these guys about it, but. Remember? Okay, but but again, here here we go again, and 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 follow me for a hot second. We're talking about Randy Moss not going full speed, underpaid veteran, right? They're talking about Kaepernick, who is two years in or whatever. See, they don't have to worry about Kaepernick. See, they're getting what they want out of San Francisco with Kaepernick. He's underpaid because he's a rookie, so they got a two-year window. If this pistol don't work out. And Kaepernick gets hurt in this next season, so they can still go out and get them the prototypical quarterback that they want. You know, let's look at the quarterbacks now. Now let's go to let's go to Baltimore with, with Flacco. Let's go to Baltimore with Flacco. How come certain players on the team are always looked upon or looked down upon in a certain way? Now, if that was Anquan Bowden or Ed Reed asking for all this crazy money, 
everybody would be losing their mind. Oh, they're selfish. Oh, they're this. Oh, they're that. But when it comes to a quarterback, nobody's never called Peyton Manning selfish. Nobody never called Drew Brees selfish. Nobody's never called any of them quarterbacks, and I'm not going to bring race into it like I normally would, but nobody ever called any of those guys selfish. Now, if somebody else wants to get that money that's not a quarterback, then it becomes, oh, my God, he used to play this sport for free. You know, I don't understand why he feels he should have all that money. Think about them people out there that lost their jobs. They go into all those other little innuendos when somebody else wants the money. But now, Blocker wants his money. Nobody's saying nothing negative. Well, well and I think, we'll go back to when you said Catherine is love. You know, I think Michael George, you sign that contract you play for. That's what you sign. So if he signed that little bit of money, he didn't know he was going to play that good. You have to wait for your turn to get paid, right? That wasn't that wasn't my point. I'm just saying. No, I know what your point oh. was saying, but Captain, they are going to get what they out of him. He has going to be a little amount of money he can pay, and he could be the best, like you say, go to Super Bowl win next year. I know what you're saying. Are they going to pay him the big money again? Probably not, because like you say, they got him for two years to do what they want to do with him. If he's a buff, they can get rid of him at that little amount of money. That's what my point would make. What you were saying, yeah. Now fly up here and just. I think Terry said he played good with four games, the last four games, his numbers are, you know. But what about all the other games where he was a bust when everybody ready to get rid of him? Yeah, and I agree. And the thing about this is that this onus is on the owners of these teams. And they, they can't just sit up here and, I mean, they have to have everybody else in, 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 their, in their own best interest as well, not just the quarterback. And And that's where it needs to start. I mean, I'm not going to sit up here and pay my quarterback, uh, you know, $73 million over eight years and, and, and then lose a corner or lose one of my top receivers. I mean, that's just silly. And, and that's all my point was. That, that's my point. What you just said, TJ, that's, that's where I was going with this. My point was it's amazing how we never look at the quarterback but one way, but everybody else that's out on the field get looked at differently. It's like, hey, the whole team take a pay cut for the quarterback, mm-hmm. but when the receiver doesn't drop, when the receiver drops the ball, it's the receiver's fault. When the, yeah. when the when the quarterback throws the ball and the receiver stretches out, what's the first thing that said? Oh my God! Did you see the throw? <laughs> yeah. You know, when yeah. Vernon Davis dropped that ball, you know, in the fourth quarter, off his fingertips. You know what I'm saying? Oh, he should have stretched out for that ball. He would have got it. Not that, oh, it was a great throw. He should have stretched out. So so that's my point is we look at the quarterbacks one way or talk about their money one way, and we look at the other guys and the normal players differently. Yeah, yeah, they say that's the best one. Guys, before we lose to change subject, I want to talk about this. I think it was kind of funny. And I don't know if you guys seen that Golden State and Houston game last night where uh, Houston dropped yeah. 23 threes on them. And the reason why I want to talk about it, like I said, I think it's funny. Was they was going for the record with 24, and, you know, Mark Jackson told his players, you know, I mean, don't let them get it. And they was doing out crazy fouls that could hurt some of the players. Do you guys agree with that? Well, I, you know what? I have no problem with breaking a record or something if it's in the continuity of the context of the game. Um, and, and I have no issue with that. I don't. I didn't see it, and I haven't read anything about it. But I, I, I hear that Mark is getting some some backlash about it, and I don't know the the, the whole uh, 
the whole aspect of what happened. But if it's in the context of the continuity of the game, and I, I don't see any problem with that. I mean, they're trying to make. Go ahead, Glove. Go ahead, Glove. No, I was gonna say they're trying to make it seem like Mark Jackson was having his guys go out there and blatantly foul guys. He had his guys grabbing them. Why would you lay down when somebody hit twenty three? three-pointers on you. You're right. They should have played defense earlier, and they didn't. But there was one play where the guy was going to shoot a three-pointer, and the guy ran by him and couldn't get to him, so he caught him around the neck in the flagrant foul. Was it intentional? No. Was it intended on him being dirty? No. But he was just stopping them from not getting the record. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with the guys grabbing the guys. Why would you want to be in the record book for something negative as opposed to something positive? Why should you lay down? I totally agree with you, Glove. I got this a little bit because if I'm going to let you shoot 23-3, something was wrong during that whole game. You know what I'm saying? It shouldn't have got to where they're at 23-3, you know. So now you want to stop one three, you know, which, I, you know, you don't want to be in the record book for negative stuff. I agree. I was, you know, probably would stop two. But, you know, but they already hit 23. What else can you do? Yeah. Hey, love. I'm getting 24. <laughs> love. If you hit 23 threes on me, you won't hit 24. I'll bet you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? You stop us from getting 24. Absolutely. You, I'm not going to let you get 24. Hey, Terry, if you hit that many on me, you already stopped because my, <laughs> my self esteem is gone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and it's like, what we talk about, that, that college guy. When did the college guy actually hit? What, a hundred? What was it? All those points? Yeah. Sooner or later, you got to say, hey, wait a minute. Either I got to change his up and get Terry off me or what? Or, you know, like you say, Terry, you're going to hit 24 on you, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I just think that was, I mean, what they make a big thing to say, you know, because Kevin McHale is, you know, going at it with Mark Jackson. I'm like, you know, hey, you know, it, it, the game is still competitive, no matter how many, what time is left on the clock or what. You guys agree with that? Yeah. I do. Hey, you played to the bell ends, man. And look, I'm sorry. I didn't play defense on 23 of them, but guess what? I'm going to beat a heck up out of you on number 24. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to lock you down on 24. You ain't going to get 24. <laughs> that is a embarrassment. <laughs> but, guys, but uh, is next. Enough, we need to understand Mark Jackson is, is a heck of a guy. I think he's a heck of a coach. And, um, you know, I really hate to see, you know, the, this kind of bad publicity on him. Mark, Mark Jackson is good for basketball. Yeah, Terry, but you can't get on that Houston Rockets for that. You get on your guy because right. 23-3, somebody ain't playing a D getting out there and put a hand in his face, right? Right. Well, hey, you play man-to-man. You don't let anybody free for a three. You contest every shot. That, that's all you do. I mean, hey, look, it's just- and, and I don't think Mark Jackson was going out saying hurt somebody either. I don't believe that. Look at if all your guys aren't in foul trouble, nobody's playing defense. There's no way they should hit 23 three pointers on you unless your whole team got four and five fouls. <laughs> yeah. So that's a breakdown of your team, not Houston. So, well, guys, thanks for another great show. And next week we'll do the same thing, same time. Right on. Have a good one.
That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. 